We sure have been blessed, haven't we? I'll tell you what, if you don't have anything in this world, but you have salvation, you've been blessed. And God's blessed us all mightily. Thank the Lord. He blessed us so much we should never get to this point that I'm going to preach about this morning about a hardened heart. Our hearts need to be tender. And uh, so I'll speak to you about it. Let's pray. Father, thank you again. Thank you for the song we just heard. Lord, what a blessing it is and how true it is. We are such a blessed people. This country we live in and then to be a saved person in this country. To have home in heaven, as great as it is right here, it only gets better for us because we have that home in heaven. And I pray you bless us this morning and help us to examine our hearts. Lord, I know we know the importance of our heart physically. But Lord, there's an importance spiritually too. So move amongst us and help us to get a glimpse Oh, may we get more than a glimpse. May we get a good look at our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse number 8 that we just read here, Harden not your heart as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness is repeated again pretty close to the same thing in Hebrews chapter number 3 and verses 7 and 8 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. God tells us about the hardening of our hearts. In the book of Zechariah, in Zechariah chapter 7 and verse 12, it says, Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone. Boy, that's bad. Their hearts were so hardened, they were an adamant stone. And listen to this, lest they should hear the law, and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by the former prophets, therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. So when these people, evidently, when their hearts became like an adamant stone, they got a hardened heart. We find there that they would not hear the law or the word of God. There is a blessing of having a tender heart. There's a blessing in having that tender heart. You know, we oftentimes, we see children They'll have a tender heart, won't they? I mean, they're tender-hearted about a lot of things, you know? I mean, they see something happen, and boy, they start to cry, and their little heart's broken. I've seen it. And, uh, and, and a lot of times, it's more the girls and the boys, but, and that's all right. That's all right. I mean, it's not wrong for us to have tender hearts, and I wish that we all would have tender hearts about things. You know, I believe if America had tender hearts, they wouldn't be committing abortion all the time. Amen. Tender hearts toward those little babies there. But I think oftentimes it's so wonderful to see little children with a tender heart, and especially a tender heart towards the things of God. That's what's wonderful. You know, I watch, I watch the kids singing in the, in the kids' choir, and, and, and again, that brings me such joy, because I, I not only hear their voices singing, I think their voices are beautiful, but I, 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 see, I, I, think, I, I think we get a glimpse of their heart, too of that tender heart about singing those things that are, that are real to them and how wonderful it is to see a child with a tender heart, but just as wonderful it is to see a child of God that just got saved and how tender their heart is. Isn't that a wonderful thing? You know, you've seen it before when someone got saved and, man, they're so excited. They, they, I mean, they only saved maybe hours, maybe a few days, and, and they're like, man, how great is this? And we've been saved for a long time. Sometimes our heart gets a little cold towards that. It's always good to be saved. We ought to be tender about that. 
but how sweet it is to see people. They've been saved for a long, long time that still have a tender heart. That's such a blessing. You know, I understand. I guess it's easier for me to understand a little child tender heart towards things because all this stuff is kind of new to them. And I understand this person that gets saved, it's, it's new to them. They just got saved. But I think, I don't know, to me, it's kind of like the biggest blessing is this, seeing someone's been saved for a long time with a tender heart that we don't get so used to this Christian life that we have. I remember my preacher, Bill House, telling the story of Charles Weigel. He was the one who wrote that song, No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus. What a beautiful song. The background to it all was this, that he, 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 his wife had, had took, took their daughter and left him. He didn't want anything to do with his religion, his Christianity. Charles Weigel was a very, very lonely man when his wife walked away from him and took their daughter. And he was so broken over that. And he wrote that song, No One Ever Cared for Me Like Jesus. It hit him that, yes, this old world didn't care about, or this, his, his wife and his, and his daughter seemingly didn't care anything about him. But he understood this. Jesus did. He could have let that situation make him hard. But he allowed God to make him tender. One day, my preacher was telling the story about him. Down at Tennessee Temple, the pastor at that time, of course, was Lee Robertson, great man of God. They had an apartment there for Charles Weigel that he could live on the campus of Tennessee Temple. Charles Weigel was way up in years. I think he was in his 90s, if I'm not mistaken, when Brother House told the story. But Brother House was down there at Tennessee Temple preaching, and, and one night after the service, he thought, I'd like to go and just spend a little few minutes with Brother Weigel. He went down the hallway and got down there to where that apartment was, and he, he got to the door, and he heard all kinds of commotion going on in that apartment. And he knew that he lived there by himself and thought, what in the world is going on? He stood there and he listened and he heard someone talking and he heard a, a squeaking noise. He thought, what in the world is that? What is going on? And he thought, man, this man is old. I better. And so he opened the door and cracked the door open to see what was going on. And here was this man about 90 years old standing on his bed, jumping up and down and clapping his hands with tears rolling down his face. I remember Brother House said to him, he says, Brother Weigel, what are you doing? You know what he said? I'm practicing for heaven. Ninety-some years old. I'd have to say he had a tender heart. A tender heart. I thought, you know, wouldn't it be something as we grow older that we would become more tender than our heart, instead of our hearts becoming, becoming more like leather? Maybe there was a day when your heart was tender to the things of God. Maybe you could look back this morning and say, you know, I remember the day I got saved. How wonderful that was. And you know what? Probably with a lot of us, we, we even shed some tears. We went home. We said, man, how great it was to be saved. It was something wonderful that happened. But then something else happened. 
time. And time went by, and if we're not careful, this is what happens. We just kind of get used to it. And if we're not careful, our heart begins to get hardened to the things of God. Many of us in here have been in this church for a long time. What we've got to be careful about this is our heart doesn't get hardened to the things of church. You know, honestly, for about 40 years now, we've been singing the same songs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, singing the same ones. Seth can't find any new ones, so we just sing the same ones. We're singing songs out of the hymnal. And, 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 and you know, we're singing those same songs over and over again. And, and, and here's the thing. If we're not careful, our hearts can become hardened. To where we sing it because that's what we do. And I mean, you ever stop and think what we sing on Sunday night and Wednesday night? I know some folks think, well, it's kind of silly to sing that. But you know, if you'll stop and think about the song, we'll never say goodbye in glory. We'll never say goodbye up there. You know, I don't know about you, but that just brings almost a tear to my heart, to my eyes to think that, you know what, there's going to be a day that will not part anymore. How many folks that used to sit here we had to say goodbye to? When I walk down that aisle and I think and I hear you singing that, I hope, you know, I mean, let's, I know we could, we could say, well, you always do it. I know, but you know what? I always say I love you to my wife, too. And I'm not going to start saying I like you or I'm fond of you. I'm going to keep telling her I love her until I don't. It depends how lunch goes this afternoon, all right? What? You know, I'm just going to continue. I don't want my heart to get to a place where I fall out of love. I don't want my heart to fall, fall out of love with the Lord either. But when our hearts get hardened, that's what happens. I wonder why sometimes people that had a sweet, tender heart end up having a hardened heart. How is it that we can, you know, I've seen people come to church. and When they came, it was something refreshing. You know what I'm talking about. He came. I remember talking to one man one day, and he, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was sitting back, I, I think right about where you were, Billy. This wasn't Billy. He's, he's got a halfway tender heart. But, but this man was sitting back there, and you know, and he, he stood there, and he held on the pew, and I walked back, and he stood there, and his tears in his eyes, he says, I can't believe this place. He says, you know how good it is to hear the word of God? And he said, the songs. I saw the tears. And I thought, man, that's the way it's supposed to be. Billy's sitting there now. He's long gone. He got to the place where it didn't mean much anymore. Now, did the word of God change? No. Did the songs change? No. Something happens when our heart becomes hardened. All of a sudden, the tenderness is gone, then the excitement is gone too. You know, when we sing, we ought to sing with an excited heart. But if I don't sing with an excited heart, what's wrong with my heart? What's causing my heart not to be tender again? 
Many times we hear a song brings a tear to our eyes, doesn't it? You say, what is that? Tender heart. Don't apologize if a tear comes to your eye over something from the word of God or from a song, a gospel song. Don't apologize for it. It's because that's a tender heart. I began to think, what happens to people when all of a sudden the tear is gone? What happens, why is it that a heart becomes no longer tender and hardened? Well, I believe the Bible gives us some answers about it. What makes our hearts to be hardened? One of them is this, sin. I think you knew that. Sin. The Bible says in Hebrews 3.13, But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Now listen to this. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin in our lives will cause our hearts to be hardened. He said, preacher, no, you just made me mad. You, you mark it down. I may make you mad, other people make you mad, but your heart doesn't have to get hardened because someone made you mad. God doesn't make us mad. Sin gets us to the place where we get mad. Sin gets us to the place where we lose our excitement. Sin that comes into our hearts is what causes us to lose the tear. The moving of our hearts. You say, but I just don't like what happens. I, I wish I had more control. Let the Lord, let the Holy Spirit control you. People will blame everything else, but the truth of the matter is the biggest reason for hardness of heart is sin. Something's happened. But not only that, I believe not only sin is a reason for a hardened heart, but also a resisting of the Holy Spirit. A resisting of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Acts chapter 7 verse 51. Ye stiff necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. So do ye. He said you resist the Holy Ghost. Now when you got saved the Holy Spirit came to live within you. He did didn't he? Inside you right now is the Holy Spirit saying wake up. The Holy Spirit saying listen to what is said. The Holy Spirit this morning said, listen to those men as they sang. Listen to that choir when it sings. Listen to the songs and the words that Seth oftentimes said. Did you see that in that song? And tells you about it there. You know, that's, I, I think the Holy Spirit used him to say that to get us to, hey, pay attention to what you have there. But sometimes we resist the Holy Spirit. He speaks, but we resist him. And yet... He that lives within us knows what is best for us. Who knows best for the children? The children or their parents? Their parents. Now, if you listen to the world, the world says the children. But the parents know what's best for their child. And our heavenly parent, if you will, our heavenly father knows what's best for us. The Holy Spirit that he, he said, what did Jesus say? He says, I'm going to go away in John chapter 14. And then he says, but I'm going to leave a comforter. That comforter we find out is the Holy Spirit. That he's going to come and dwell within us. And when we got saved, that moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit came within us. And now he dwells within us. He knows what is best for us. And he speaks to us. And I wonder this. I wonder as we sit in church, does the Spirit of God speak to you? You say, he never does. You probably got a hardened heart. 
because I believe he speaks. He speaks to us. So sin will cause us to have a hardened heart. Resisting the Holy Spirit will cause us to have a hardened heart. And also rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, preacher, how can we do that? We're saved. Well, you could be saved but still not listen to the Lord. You know, there's a lot of kids reject their parents. But they're still a child and they're still their parents. But they reject them. The Bible says in John chapter 12, verse 48, He that rejecteth me... And receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. The Lord said here, he said, you rejected me. You know, here's what we do. We want salvation, don't we? We want to be saved. We want to know we're going to heaven. We call upon Christ. We ask him to save us. Boy, thank you. And then it's like this. We say, but don't bother the rest of my life. Don't try to tell me what to do. And again, you know what the Bible is? It's the handbook of life. It's the handbook of our lives. If we'll follow what the word of God says, I believe everything will be all right. You say, you mean there'll be no more problems and troubles? No, we're going to have it. We live in this old flesh. But here's the thing. We follow what God's word says. God is going to bless us. And the reason we'll follow him is when our heart is tender. When your heart's cold and hard, you'll not listen to him. You don't pay attention to him. Why? Because you think you know more than him. Your heart's hardened. Uh, when, when I say resisting the Lord Jesus Christ, right away we think, well, that's a, that's a lost person. And I know, lost people resist him. How many times you try to talk to someone, can I show you in the Bible that you can be saved? No, that's all right. I mean, can you imagine just saying, you're, lose, you're, you're losing the opportunity to be saved by saying, no, that's all right. What they're saying is, I'm sorry, but my heart has hardened, and I don't want anything to do with God. What a sad place to be. But it's sad also when God's people get that way. I guess I could say this. I understand lost people getting that way. The Bible tells us here about that hard not your heart. And, and, you know, and, and I think, you know, what, what is it that, that, that sin causes to harden our heart? And so I look at a lost person, I understand. I, I know they have a hardened heart. But there's no reason this world, we as God's people, ought to have a hardened heart. I think here's the sad thing. Most don't see the danger of a hardened heart. Don't see the danger of it. Let me give you a couple results of a hardened heart. One of them is this. We become insensitive to the word of God. You all have a Bible in your hands, don't you? Be sensitive to it. Be sensitive to it. You, you, know, you know what the Bible, Bible has all the answers for all the questions. It, it, the Bible has all the things that we need to know. And what we've got to do, you see, when our hearts are, are, are hardened, we're not going to listen to what the Word of God has to say anymore. I'm glad you're here in church this morning. But I ask you this, are you sensitive to the Word of God? I'm going to ask you a question right now. Are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? I hope so. You know, if you're not, you're not being sensitive to the word of God because the word of God is being preached. Amen. You say, you think you're something. No, I think what I'm preaching is something. That's what I think. 
And I think, you know, I'm glad folks come to church, but are we sensitive to the things that are preached and taught? I mean, I'm glad. I, I believe all of you love me and, 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 you know, you pray for me. I appreciate that so much. You know, I, I just, I was so happy this week when I got good report from the doctors and everything looks good. And, uh, I mean, I'm just, just, just thankful for that. But, but then I, I, I think, you know, I'm glad folks love me and been praying for me. I want you to pray even more as I preach for you. You say, preacher, I like you. I like your delivery of the sermon. That's great. I'm glad you like that. You like my little story sometimes. And, but I want you to be sensitive to the word of God that I'm preaching. You see. I think one becomes insensitive when our hearts are hardened. But also, too, I think it becomes easier and easier for us to reject the Lord and his word. I've seen people feel bad about their sin in their life, but after a while, they're okay with it. Maybe you see that today in your own life. There's something that ought not be there, and it bothered you for a while, but it's not anymore. Do you understand what's happening? Your heart is getting hardened. It's a wonderful thing. You see someone that gets saved, they come to church, and their life begins to turn around. They, get it, they, they start taking things out of their life that shouldn't be there and putting things in their life that should be there. It's exciting. But if you're not careful and your heart starts getting hardened, all of a sudden you're going to see yourself going backwards. We call it backsliding. Now, you don't lose your salvation. But I'll tell you this, you won't lose your salvation, but you can sure Get away from God and allow your heart to be hardened where you'll do things that you thought you would never do. How many times I've said this, there are people sitting at home right now that could be in church, but because of a hardened heart, they're not. The word of God means nothing. The things of God don't mean anything. Church doesn't mean much. And what happens after a while They're not uncomfortable about their sin. In fact, they get to a place of being comfortable in it. And that's a dangerous place to be. It's almost like we have this certain compartment we put our sin in, and we're comfortable as long as it's in that compartment. You've got a hardened heart. The sinner or the lost person is less and less concerned about his lost condition. That's a hardened heart. I mean, how many times out winning we talk to people or try to talk to people and they don't, they don't want to hear a word you have to say. What, they're insensitive to their lost condition. Their heart's so hardened. We talk to a, we talk to a family, and, and I'm sure they thought their heart was tender. We talked to a Catholic family this, this, yesterday, and they said, oh, we're, we're religious people. And I'm like, so what? I didn't say that to them. And the man said, you just look around our house, there's religious things all over. So what? And it was just, I'm thinking, you know, they're, they're so hardened to what the truth is that they're following false doctrine. Because their heart is hardened. I told my wife, I was, I was burdened about them yesterday after we got done sowing and went home. And I talked to my wife, I said, you know, I mean, as 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 enthusiastic they were about religion. I said, could you imagine if they get saved? What it would be like? I mean, a lot of times Catholic folks, when they get saved, 
they get on fire. Remember, remember Rex and them? Remember them? I tell you, the Catholic Church, man, they got saved, man, he was a soul winner. And it just changed things. You know, that's what God could do. But you know, lost people, they've got a hardened heart to the things of God. How sad it is at times people are not concerned about their own salvation or their lost condition. And a hardened heart's a dangerous thing. I was thinking about the story of Nabal. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 25, verse number 37, it says, But it came to pass in the morning when the wine was gone out of Nabal, and his wife had told him these things, listen to this, that his heart died within him, and he became as a stone. It doesn't say he died there. He had a hardened heart, but listen on. In verse 38 it says, And it came to pass about ten days after that the Lord smote Nabal, that he died. What a sad thing that his heart got so hardened. God said, you know what? I'm going to smote you. And he did. And he died. Dangerous thing to have a hardened heart, isn't it? Dangerous thing. He said, preacher, then what's the remedy We found out some of the causes there, and we found out some of the results of a hardened heart. So what is the remedy? What is it that we can do to have a heart that's not hardened? Let me give you a couple of those things real quick. The remedy is this, and we've got to realize this. A hardened heart does not have to continue. Amen. You know, there are some things we can change. We can you know, when I was at the doctor the last three months ago, he told me, he says, ah, you're, you're A1C. You're going the wrong direction. I'm like, who are you telling me what I'm doing? But he says, you're at 7.9. You, sh- you shouldn't be up there. We've got to get this turned around. And you know, when, 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 when he said that, I thought, you know what? We can turn it around. And so I began to make some adjustments in giving up some of the most glorious things in all the world. Sweets. My wife says, yeah, but you're doing better health-wise. I said, yeah, but I'm not enjoying as much life as I did. Amen? You know what I'm talking about. When you walk down the aisle and you see them cookies and you see all those other things, you say, don't walk down that aisle. That is the most fun I could have. You leave me alone. My wife made birthday cake for Beam and Charity and and I'm telling you, I was so glad they were having, they had a birth, his birthday was before, hers was after. And she said, well, let's have a birthday party for him. I was so glad because you know why? Birthday cake. <laughs> but the thing was, it went from that, and I think I've told most of you, I'm still excited about it, it went from 7.9 to 6.3 in three months. It's been, it, it's a, that's a blessing. That's what they call pre-diabetic numbers. I mean, I still have the diabetes, but I'm a whole lot better than I used to be. Some of you are looking sad, like, that means he's going to live. <laughs> well, maybe. But you know, here, here's, here's the thing. I found out this. I could change it. And my wife, I'd sit down to eat, and I said, honey, I'm, I grew up this way. Many of us did this. You ate and cleaned up your plate. Remember that? And so what I did, I put everything I could on a plate, get the biggest plate, and clean it up. 
and I found out, all of a sudden I started saying, honey, I can't eat all that. And uh, I would, we'd have to throw some food away. We don't have a dog. We thought about having Titus come over, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, we, we, you know, I, I mean, you know what happened? It changed. Something that seemed like, well, no way it can. Now think about this. If just shutting my mouth, which some of you are hoping I do soon, if just shutting my mouth would change that, what could God do in our lives to change us from being a hardened heart to have a tender heart? I look at all the test results, and man, there's like pages of it that they did. And I look at all these tests, and always before there would be an exclamation point on my next to it saying, this one's not good, this one's not good. And this is the first time I had all of them, no exclamation points. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm still messed up here, but still, not, I mean, it was all good stuff. And I think, thank the Lord that it changed. God can change us, not only physically, but he can change us spiritually when it comes to our hearts. Harden not your heart, he said. Harden not your heart is in the provocation. He said, don't let your heart get hardened. But here's the thing. If it does, and if you find out this morning it is, it doesn't have to stay that way. Say, what should I do? Here it is. I'll give you a couple things. Number one, hear the word of God. Hear the word of God. You say, well, preacher, that's a given. I'm saying this. Don't just hear it. Pay attention to it. Hmm? Do, you, do, you ever, do you ever just listen to music sometimes and then you're not really paying attention to it? Maybe go in a restaurant and don't even know if some music's on. You're not paying attention to it. You come to church, you're not paying attention to it. You go out to the car and you go, man, what was that sermon about? I don't know. You weren't paying attention to it. What should we do? How can our hearts, how, what's the remedy for a hardened heart? Pay attention to the word of God. When you come to church and you don't pay attention, you know what? You're asking for trouble. Amen. You're asking for trouble when you don't pay attention in church. That's why church is so important because the word of God's always being given out. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, uh, uh, prayer meeting times, all, all the different services. When we have revival meeting, the word of God's given out. You know what that'll help us? It'll help us not to have a hardened heart. But I'll say this, you can come to church every day. But if you don't listen, and when you come with a, let your heart get hardened, by not paying attention. It's going to cause you problems. That's why one reason why we have a nursery. You say, well, you, you hate babies. Oh, I love babies. The more the merrier. As long as you have them. I love the babies. Thank the Lord for the babies. But you know what? Why we don't have babies in the auditorium? Because I want you to pay attention to the message. Babies are cuter than I am. So if all the babies were in here, everybody looking at the babies, oh, look how cute they are. And I want you to look up here and look how cute I am. <laughs> no, I'm ugly as sin. I want you to hear what I'm saying. That's why I don't like people interrupting in a service. I need people to listen. Why? Because our hearts get hard when we don't pay attention to the word of God. I think a remedy is this when we start listening to the Holy Spirit. 
I believe to the saved people, we need to listen to them. Listen to this, John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So what's the Holy Spirit do? He brings to remembrance those things. You see, when we listen to the Holy Spirit, when we pay attention to the Word of God, even the lost sinner... Bible, think about this. John 6, says, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. So God draws somebody to be saved. Now think about this. Does God draw all men unto him? Then what's the problem? Not listening. Becoming hardened. Not knowing what God has for you. You know, I, I, I sometimes, I pray this, we all pray this. Lord, speak to somebody about it. Lord, help them to, uh, uh, you know, Lord, bring, bring conviction. I always pray this, bring conviction. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm asking for something God does. He brings conviction. I start thinking, you know what I need to do? Pray, Lord, that they hear the conviction. Pray, Lord, they, I pray in this, that they'll feel the conviction. The Bible says, Draw nigh to God, and then he will draw nigh to you. And I'm always saying, Lord, draw nigh to this person. Draw nigh to this person. Or I need to be praying and saying, Lord, draw nigh. May they draw nigh to you. It's not us waiting on God. God's waiting on us. You hear this morning, you're not saved. You know, I believe this with all my heart. God speaks to you about salvation. Best to listen. You say, well, what if I don't? Could be too late. Nabal, what happened? He messed around there and he hardened his heart. God said, well, I don't see him coming back around. He said, I'm just going to go ahead and kill him. He did. But God can do something wonderful in your heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart. That's what needs to be done. Let God today take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. You know, this old heart that beats in us, he's talking about that heart in the flesh. That's a gushy thing, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, a, I mean it, it's not a hardened thing. If your heart was like a rock, you'd die. And God's saying, you know what? I can give you a heart that is tender. A heart that's not like a stone. The Lord can change our heart. I wonder this morning, when the songs were sung, uh, let me back up a little bit. When it came time to go to church, how was your heart? When we walked in the door and we heard the music, how was your heart? When we sang the songs, or the choir sang, and then we sang the congregational songs, how was your heart? When we prayed, when we gave, and as I've preached, how's your heart this morning? You know, we can go out of here in a few minutes and get to our cars and say, I didn't get anything out of it. I've had people say that before. I just, I don't understand it sometimes. 
I've had people say, I didn't, get any, yeah, I didn't get anything out of your message. And the next person comes in and says, man, I, that saved my life. What's the difference? Tender heart. Tender heart. Say, you know, church isn't what it used to be. You know, I understand we get older. New people come in. But it's the same Bible. It's the same music. Wonder where the problem might be. Maybe the change is this. I don't get the thrill out of the things like I used to. That's why it seems so different. How's your heart? You say, preacher, I'm in church this morning. Didn't ask you that. I know that. How's your heart? Is it tender? You know, one of the things we can do is ask God to make us tender. I think a good place to start would go back to the day of your salvation. When you were one minute ago, you were on your way to hell and you accepted Christ your Savior. Well, I'll tell you what, that ought to make your heart tender. Let God remind you about that. And then just ask God, God, melt my heart. We're done. We're going to have an invitation. How's your heart going to be in the invitation? And when we leave and we sing that song, Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Oh, man, we sing that all the time. But may it be from our heart. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. The old heart's pretty important physically, isn't it? I tell you what, it's really important spiritually, too. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. And Lord, help us all, help me, help every person in this room to have a tender heart to the things of God. Or I've been in the ministry for a long, long time. Father, I pray that my heart wouldn't be hardened because of the length of time. Lord, if anything, my heart might get more tender. Lord, help us to have a tender heart today. And may we see the danger of having a hardened heart. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed this morning. I wonder if you were to die today, do you know you go to heaven? Can you go back to a time when you trusted Jesus as your Savior? Could you go back to a time when you put your faith and trust in him? If not, you need to be saved today. Don't put it off. It may be too late next time. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning said, Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved. But I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone? Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved, but I'd like to know it. Christian, this morning, how's your heart? Only two know exactly how it is. One is the Lord. And I believe this. And you know. You know. You could deny it, but a person who denies something knows there's a problem. How's your heart this morning? Have you been saved so long you're just kind of used to it all? You've been in this church for so long you're just kind of used to it and it's like the thrill is not there anymore? What's wrong? Check your heart. Ask God to make your heart tender once again. The altar will be open. You come do what God says this morning. If you're not saved, you come and let us know. We'll show you in the Bible 
how you can know 100% sure you're saved. Father, bless now in the invitation time. I pray that we'll do some business with you. And Lord, I pray that we will be really serious about the condition of our heart this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.